Welcome to Upward Together. By joining us, you are entering a community built upon exploration, respect, and non-judgment. We aren't sure where our musings will take us, but we thank you for stopping by. Just start it over. Just, just, just start it over. You know how you talked about uh, loss and the appreciation of life uh, a few podcasts ago? Yes. Yeah. Well, something similar happened in my life recently. I don't know. It's been quite a year, just in general. But I can't help but feel sometimes, and I don't know how (laughs) statistically true this is, and it might not even be true at all, but it just feels like it. That all of that bad things tend to happen at the same time, all at once, and never just like spread out. And I know that that's not true. It's just that when it does happen all at the same time, we're just really hyper aware of it and we can handle it if the issues are spread out, whatever. But it's so interesting because for the first however long of my life, um, a lot of my suffering was like my own internal suffering. There wasn't a lot of external things that were happening that I had no control over that was really frustrating. And I mean stuff like loss of a loved one or or a, a real sickness that affects the entire family. Um, nothing like that. Um, but then this past year, when I kind of found myself not to be like super cliche but when i almost like solved the internal problems and that's not to say i solved them permanent perfectly um but when i solved my internal problems um and i was content with myself god was like all right bam all your friends and loved ones they gonna suffer and you're gonna have to deal with it um and so it's just been a lot But this past weekend, this past Sunday, I think one of the reasons why this one was so shocking to me is because in my direct life, COVID doesn't impact me, meaning I'm healthy, I'm young, I'm vaccinated, all my friends are, Um, and I mean, we're in a relatively... Look at Margo. We're in a relatively healthy country. Uh, emphasis on relatively because we also are the unhealthiest country. <laughs> um, but my uncle, well, really my uncle-in-law, it's my dad's sister's husband, who might as well be my uncle because they all grew up in the same household. Um, and all the cousins lived together and they were raised together by all parents, basically, which I think is pretty cool. Um, uh, he passed away from COVID on Sunday and I, I find myself in a really strange, uh, I think situation for myself at least, 
because I don't know him well enough to feel this like personal real life we spent so much time together sort of sadness but at the same time this is also like my family and it's also my cousins if you will father i mean some of them it actually is their father but for others it's like their actual uncle um and so it's like i should be feeling for them but I don't really because I don't really know them. And so it's a really tough situation because it's like, yeah, it does suck, but I don't know how to cope with it because it's not like it's someone that I talk to every single day that is suddenly gone. And so it feels weird to even like talk about it as something that affects my life because it really doesn't in that sense. But it definitely does in a sense that it it, it just... I, I just, there just have been a lot of, not a lot, but there just have been a few deaths in my family over the past few years, whether it be heart failure, uh, liver failure, COVID, cancer. Um, and so I think that's the other thing that just is so, I guess, it gives me a lot of pause because it's like, yeah, just because life is normal for me and my 20 friends doesn't mean it's the same for everybody in this world. It's just, I try not to get too bogged down into that sort of mindset because there really is nothing that you can do about it. Or at least the mindset of, oh, people definitely always have it worse, so I need to, like, not do anything. You can't, you can't invalidate how you feel just because someone may be in a situation that is more severe than yours. Right. No, right. But it just makes me feel weird, right? Because it's like, I have to... Like, I'm aware. Cool. I'm aware that in the Philippines, my cousins are suffering and struggling. I, I mean, I can either... I, what can I really do about it? Uh, or I can let it consume me, right? And I can be terribly unproductive and terribly sad um, to know the sheer amount of privilege that is so spread between people i just i don't know how to wrestle with the unfairness of life i don't think i ever really have do you ever feel like why you like why are you in your position and not in someone else's position that's worse i don't think so Because I think you, whenever someone always tells me, <laughs> I don't know why I say that, always tells me, people sometimes tell me like, you know, the classic, the grass is greener on the other side, right? Where it's like, you shouldn't compare to people who have it better than you, because it's, you, that's just focusing on them. And so I feel like if we're not supposed to compare ourselves to people who are better than us, 
then we also should not really compare ourselves in that regard to people who are worse than us. So no, I don't think I've ever really said, why me over my cousins? But it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense that some of us get very full lives and some of us don't. And all we can do is accept it. In a lot of ways, I think fullness of life is somewhat in the eyes uh, in the eyes of the beholder of the person whose life it is. Oh, for sure. I mean, for for me to say that my life is inherently more full than my cousins is ignorant because what's to say that they're that they are not joyful in the life that they are currently living. But it is also kind of privileged to say, oh, you know, whatever. Like, you just make it work in the life that you have. Um, and so I always, I, always, I always struggle with that balance there where it's like, no, but Jethro, they're still capable. They, they're, they're, they still can live a really, really good life. And they do. I mean, a lot of people do really well in suffering and in struggle, um, mainly because they have to. <laughs> um, they have no choice. Um, but anyways, yeah, I grappled between that and also realizing, well, but we can still try and make other people's lives better. I think part of it, too, is just guilt was just a natural part of my upbringing. Like I was, I mean, the Catholic Church teaches it. I think a lot of immigrants teach it. Um, especially when you're taught to be grateful for what little you might have. Um, and I think both of those compounded on top of each other. Um, cause gu guilt is healthy. Um, having some level of guilt and having some level of shame is healthy because it shows you that moral compass and it makes you aware of how you can be better. I do recognize that. But when guilt becomes equated to your sense of worth, then that's when it becomes a real issue. Um, and I think I was always taught to feel guilty that whenever I did well in class, I shouldn't feel good about it. Or, uh, whenever I complain about not getting the food that I wanted, I was made to feel guilty about that. Or whenever I wanted to enjoy my life, I was made to feel guilty about that. And I don't think with any malice, but it's just like, yeah, like I'm taking life for granted in their eyes. But I, for, for as long as I have lived, I still cannot really, it, I still struggle with, with this general unfairness that some people have a freer life and some people do not. Well, that's a lot of what we're trying to do with Upward Together. And I think what inspires you is helping people to live a life that in some ways is free in a way that they would have never considered 
possible and saying, no, like we can, we can do this. I can help you do this. And this can be your life. And I think maybe you just like called out my imposter syndrome a little bit there. Cause I, I was like, oh, there's nothing we can do. It frustrates me. But it's like... No, but you do... You do do... You already have done things. But you're right. It's like, I am doing things. I have done things. And I will continue to do things. Um, And so it's not just me going, yep, I'm aware. Nothing I can do. It's like, yeah, I'm aware. And there are things that I'm trying to do. Um, And I think this is part of my healing process um, or something that I'm still working on is not feeling guilty for not devoting 100% of my life to helping those in need. I think it's like, yeah, I'm doing a little bit, but I could be doing so much more. And because I'm not doing so much more, I'm trash. Or at least that's kind of the narrative that I... That's Yeah, that's like a, the narrative. That I throw into that cycle of yeah, violence it's the, it's the the continuation of the state yeah exactly exactly because you know i could easily have just said i'm doing a little now and i could be doing so much more and that's it that's all you have to say i mean yeah cool that's an observation but as soon as you add sort of a positive or negative quality to it um and then it it, it puts a lot of pressure because it's like, shoot, I can't do anything to enjoy my own existence because I am not suddenly uh Wow, I just brain farted. How did I how did this happen? Well, you've said that enjoying existence is in a lot of ways what we are charged with doing. Yeah. 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 And in some ways, at least within religious traditions, I think there is a component of joyous suffering or joyful suffering. I think a lot of people who, once again, this is, this is tough because it's hard for me to speak on the position of those with less privilege than myself without being ignorant, which is why we're going to expand the podcast and have different people. And I mean, even your experiences are different from my own in a lot of ways. And you've had to grapple with a lot of things that I've never had to deal with because of your identity. But I don't know that being miserable helps the situation of those who are are living lives that that do contain more suffering or seem less fair. But I think it's also a balance like like we always say there's a balance of how can you give more or do more but not cross the line into making your life miserable. Miserable to the extent that you become a negative not you you Jethro, but that one becomes a negative or closed off person who doesn't bring 
joy and kindness and support into their interactions, their daily interactions with other people. And then it ends up going, you know, we end up going downward together, <laughs> downwards, spiraling downward <laughs> yeah. together instead of going upward together. And I mean, maybe it's naive or overly optimistic, but I think there's beauty in, in believing that just like there's an, there, there should be enough food for all or water for all, or these basic necessities there, there is enough joy for everyone. And sometimes there are moments of suffering and sometimes the joy, just like resources are not distributed evenly. But I think in a lot of ways, that's part of the calling to, give of give of your gifts that you're given and that could be it doesn't have to be money i mean it could be helping someone sell their art online i mean it could be it could be many things but it's it's still it's still difficult i mean to to know and be logic driven individuals i think as we are sometimes but still feel that something's not right is hard that's when you just have to take into account the strategies that help you. I know for me, the strategies are being outside, exercising, showering, eating, drinking water. How funny is it? You know, achieving the bare necessities is what makes us, what makes us feel better. It's like, it's like, it shouldn't be shocking. Yeah, exactly. Right? It shouldn't exactly. Be, it shouldn't be a surprise. It shouldn't be. It's like, it's like God really painted that out for us. It's like, have your needs met, you'll be happy, I promise. Yeah. Well, I think even yesterday when I was journaling, even the t having the time, us having the time and energy and ability to have these conversations, or even me having the time to journal, I mean, that's not something that everyone is given. Right. Right. So by by trying to shift my perspective to be one of gratitude it's almost multiplicative because I start seeing all of these things that, that could seem mundane. I mean, journaling is something people talk about doing because it can help you process your thoughts and kind of organize your thoughts. I think us recording this podcast has been so helpful for me because I actually have gone back and listened to the podcast episodes and I will continue to. I still haven't really gone back and read through my journal entries in depth. I'm interested if anyone who's listening to this, if you journal, whether or not you go back and read through your journal entries um, or if I'm always the way that people journal is always interesting to me because I think it's so different for each individual person. But yeah, I mean, I'm always interested to hear what other people's strategies are for when you have a, the feeling that you just can't shake, you just can't outthink certain negative feelings. Right. You probably, at least in my experience, I, 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 it was, um, you said, uh, what did you say? You said it's, you know, great privilege that we get to journal or have these conversations and that is something that is interesting to think about is that we are 
very lucky to have the opportunity to reflect, period. That we have the opportunity to take a step back and slow down and take a shower and eat breakfast and stuff like that. It, it, it's it's like, yeah, you got to be grateful down to the T for everything that you have. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think regarding upward together and what we're trying to do with it, or one of the things that we're trying to do with it, I guess is, um, I, I, I think I've always been a firm believer that like the more, if, well, I guess this makes sense, but the more freedom you have, the more privileged you are or the more lucky you are or the more blessed you are is I, I think they're almost like synonymous. The more free you are, the more blessed you are, or in the sense, like the more choices you have, right? Like let's say you're, this is a really dumb example, but let's say you're a six foot seven an athletic beast, but you also have the IQ of like an Albert Einstein Jr. You have the choice to either become the next LeBron James or the next Stephen Hawking. Like that's a re- that's a really great or option to have, right? Um, or neither, depending on what else is going on. True, in your life. true, exactly. Um, but for some people, it's like, okay, am I going to have that egg for lunch or that egg for lunch tomorrow and just starve today? Like it, it's. Those are really different choices. Um, And so I think when I look at it like that, I think one of the ways that we as human beings, as people can make life better for others is to give them more options or give them more choices. Um, And yeah, you can do that politically. You can do that academically. But I think just in general, it's like allowing people to this is cliche, but allowing people to continue to dream like they did when they were children um, and keep all of those options open. Be like, yeah, well, yeah, why not? I want it. I wanted to be that when I was eight. Why am I not considering that as an option now? Um, or, um, nope, train of thought is gone after that one. But you were nodding. You were nodding to that about dreams of child. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that in a lot of ways, when we talk about trying to create a place of non-judgment, when you're a child, you don't even understand judgment as a as a concept. I mean, it's it's not something to be. It, it's a learned thought. I think partially. I don't want to say it's exclusively learned because I think there's probably some genetic component humans being social animals that live in tribes and there's something to be said about the I don't want to get kicked out of the tribe um I think it's easier to join other tribes now than it used to be 30,000 years ago because we have less geographic limitations uh some of us have less geographic limitations some people do still have geographic limitations um but no, certainly, I mean, I, I really, the other thing I was thinking about when you said giving people options, I think education is, 
when when the word education is used, it's easy to default to think of school. But I think there's so much education outside of just what is learned in a school as well that some people learn and some people don't. And everyone's what people learn varies. And I mean, I think that that influences whether or not people even ask if something is possible. When you're eight, anything is possible. That's what I was going to say. Or maybe not when you're eight. Well, but, when you're but five, when you're... But the, but that's what you, you know, you said about, um, you're, like, as a kid, you don't really understand the concept of judgment or really, like, the sense of, like, good, positive, or negative value to certain things, I guess. Um, but it's like, when we were young, we didn't even ask if it was possible or not. We would just try it. And if it worked it worked and if it didn't work it didn't work like we were we i don't want to say we i don't think it's a universal child thing i'm not sure um but for for me it's like yeah i took i took risks when i was a child because it was like i don't know any better (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but it i still feel like that's what we're doing right now oh i haven't looked back at the youtube tab but (laughs) oh absolutely like doing this feels like that. but but that's what it is it's like at what point do we wake up <laughs> sorry what age do we go oh everybody's judging me now and i i can't i can't do anything that sets me apart from anybody else and i'm gonna be quiet and not take any risks and take the safe route and do the normal life and then die like what ha- where where did that go why did why did that happen and then when you're an adult who wants to still be like a child, you're like reprimanded for being like immature or like it's like time to be an adult now and grow up. And like, what does that even mean to grow up? It's like get a nine to five job, work 80 hours, make money and then nothing. And then go to a, go watch your favorite sports team. Well, I think, I think here's the thing that I would say about that, which is also maybe part of growing older is that everyone has different priorities. So for some people, their job is truly fulfilling and they love it. So they're happy to work from nine to five or their job. They actually devote their full attention. I mean, I think this is something that I have been reflecting on, but having the freedom to when you're at your nine to five job, being fully there, fully locked in, and then being done with your job whenever you're done working and then being able to go do whatever you want because you don't, I mean, you don't owe it to anyone to not just have a nine to five job and then go watch your favorite sports team. I think in my mind, I mean, I mean, similarly, but I think for, for a little while I had the same kind of unchecked, thought process of that's not how I want to be, but I think it's, I think it's about bringing, how do you bring those moments of childlike boldness into your life, regardless of what the structure is. And one time for camp, I wrote a, I wrote a story, um, 
in the evenings we have a part of the day is called devotion and it's not always explicitly religious, but we'll talk about um, an idea or something that the campers can take away and take with them, you know, just like a life lesson. And when I was a trainee and I gave my first devotion, I think it was actually my first one before I even had my own cabin as a counselor. Uh, I wrote this little story about a guy who basically is kind of who you were describing lives the, the structured life of, you know, wakes up, eats the same breakfast, goes to work, sits in the cubicle, eats lunch by himself, goes home, works out, has dinner, watches TV for a while and goes to bed. And that's his life. And in the story, he's not happy. So it's not that that life makes someone unhappy, but the person's not happy in the story. And one day, one of his coworkers comes up to him and says, we noticed you generally eat lunch by yourself. And we just wanted to let you know that we're going out to lunch. If you wanted to come, come with us, you know, we all admire your work. You work really hard and always get your, get your tasks done. And we just wanted to know if you want to come with us and then goes and meets them basically. And becomes a new group of friends. And the moral of the story is just, you don't know, Something that, that doesn't seem like a big deal in the moment can change someone's life forever, which is we always talk about this. I mean, I feel like I come back to this all the time, but I think it goes back to how you interact with strangers, how you interact with your loved ones. You can basically never know everything about someone. So even 15 years from now, when so many people have the majority of their lives documented digitally on social media, on YouTube podcasts, people who do things similar to us, you know, if we were, if we keep recording these, this, these podcasts for years and years, it will be relatively easy for someone who's never met us to know a lot of how we felt moment to moment as snapshots in the form of these podcasts. Um, but even still, it will be impossible for them to know everything that has been going on or that's been on our minds in a real life interaction or, or an internet interaction. I mean, at any given point in time, someone saying something that's uplifting or positive can just be so helpful dramatically in that moment, or it can be just a little boost that someone may need to, I don't know, to get out of their rut or whatever. That was very, that was a very long tangent. No, I, and I don't exactly remember what we, I don't exactly remember what, <laughs> where, how we got there. I did. And then as soon as you said that you forgot it completely, but I'm, I'm like with you. Yeah, for sure. How did we get there? Why did I start telling the story? That I read. Uh, it was about nine to five job. Oh, fulfillment might be in oh, the little. Oh, fulfillment oh, might be in because, the little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And a lot of people have families and being able to support their family. I mean, this is once again, kind of talking about guilt potentially, but for a lot of families, I mean, and this is where a lot of cultural baggage comes with people who are not heterosexual or not interested in adopting or not interested in having kids or can't have kids for whatever reason. It can be tough because for their parents, they may have held this narrative in their head. You know, one day I'm going to be a grandparent for their entire lives. And then to realize that that might not be the case. That's an adjustment for them as well. So it's just, it can be difficult for every different person, you know, someone struggling with their identity or for medical reasons, or they might not be able to have children or whatever. These things that, that change the narrative that we hold in our head. I think that's once again, things like journaling, things like meditating, things like being able to have a conversation with someone that you trust, all of these forms of reflection, I think help build resilience. And I think that, that resilience being adaptable to change is another thing that can give people options. I mean, you talk about being able to give people options. It's if you have a feeling of, I can't, you know, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Or I don't have the energy or, I mean, it could be things other than material goods or wealth. And it can be emotional resources or just the time, you know, listening to someone who's going through something difficult can help them move through that and then move on to the next thing in their life. Thank you all for listening each week. It would mean a lot to us if you left a rating and review, as well as recommend the podcast to people you know. Your feedback helps us improve, allowing more people to find this podcast and muse along with us. If our conversation gave something to you, maybe it will give something to someone else. It sure gives something to us. See you all next time.